hello once again. It is Monday, an actual Monday. Two Mondays in a row. March 28th, 2022. And it's time for everyone to take a step back and slow their roll. I'm Jesse Caulfield. I'm a writer for the Yahoo Report. Uh, I'm here with Dominic Lorenzano. Uh, personality. I don't know. Bevcam broadcaster. Sure. And just an everyman. Uh, but hey, it's been a quite... I guess less interesting week from the past couple, but that's okay. We're going to talk a little hockey, or I'm going to talk a little hockey. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk the Tyreek Hill trade, maybe the biggest news of the week. Probably. Uh, either that or Matt Ryan. We're going to talk some Matt Ryan. We're going to play a little game about Matt Ryan. And then we're going to do, we, I'm surprised we haven't done more of this. We're going to do a top 10 list. Well, listen, the news stuff has just been too good. We could never do this. That is true. But we're going to be talk, talking about the top 10 oh, wait, biggest... Don't, don't spoil it yet. Oh, oh you want let's me... Keep it, let's keep all right, it... All right, we'll keep for it. For a little bit. Keep it a secret. We are bringing back Who Would You Rather, though. Yes. And, of course, the regular Tommy Report and Darwin Update. Yes. As usual. As usual. But uh, that's, that's kind of the rundown of the show. So, Dom, uh, I'll, I'll turn it off to you all to right. get it, get us rolling. Thank you very much. And, you know, it's we haven't talked a lot of college basketball. I'll be honest, the sport's not what it used to be anyway. The NBA has kind of killed it. And we forgot to make brackets this year. Yeah, that too. I made a lot of money on individual betting, but I've had a good year for that at least. But yeah, I didn't make a bracket. But I am not in way, any way insinuating with this opening statement that college basketball is better than the NBA, okay? Even as a product, it is not. It's not even a good product anymore. The NBA has killed it with the one and done thing. The people going to play for the G League. You never know who these players are anymore. And all these teams are whole new teams the next year. So college basketball is not as good as it used to be. However, the NCAA tournament, especially in the first couple of rounds, remains one of the best things in sports, in my opinion, and brings up one of the biggest problems with the NBA. And that is... There is absolutely no intensity, it seems like, anymore in the NBA all that much anymore. You don't have... The league is so transactional now. Players, if they're not succeeding for a couple of years, just leave their team and go to another one. You don't have these great rivalries like the Lakers and Magic and Bird anymore. And you don't have Michael Jordan for years trying to get past the Pistons and then... You know, all those matchups with Patrick Ewing and the Knicks and the players hated each other and, and you could tell how much everybody cared. It doesn't feel like that anymore. And I feel like every year in the NBA, we really know there's only about three teams that have a legitimate chance at making it. And the rest of the teams are just, you know, fodder for everybody else. The NCAA tournament gives you a unique amount of urgency and intensity that the NBA game just does not deliver to you. I mean, you're on the edge of your seat with almost all of these games in the tournament. 15-seeded St. Peter's taking down big old Kentucky. Stuff like that. The NBA, you have these seven-game series, and we all know, I mean, listen, come on. During Golden State's dynasty, Golden State would pack it in halfway through the regular season and look like they pack it in through about I don't know, at least two or two games probably at some point in the playoffs. I mean, all those years with Chris Paul and you know James Harden and the Rockets, and they were like, oh, they're giving Golden State a good fight. Other than the year that Chris Paul was there and then he got hurt, I don't think most people really felt Golden State was in that much trouble. The NBA, if you're going to have this long of a series for these games, the amount of intensity and urgency just is not there. And I don't feel like I need to be at the edge of my seat and watch every minute of this. 
If you're a fan of Kentucky, if you're a fan of North Carolina, Duke, any of these teams, you can't not watch almost every second of every round because anyone could go down at any point in these rounds. So I feel like there is one thing that college basketball still has over the NBA, and that is this tournament because... I mean, if you're even, I'm on the edge of my seat all the time watching these games, and not, I don't even have a particular team that I'm a fan of. If I was a fan of Arizona or Villanova or Duke, I mean, Duke and Texas Tech was amazing. If I was a fan of any of these teams, I would be a wreck half the time during the games. Every loose ball, every big made shot at the end, every missed shot, foul, missed free throw, it all feels like life and death at the end of these games. It's crazy, and the NBA has no ability to replicate this at all. And I don't know what the answer is. I would think trying for at least the first round or two, trying to make it less games uh, in the playoff series, I think would be a great way to do this. And we all know the reason why the NBA won't do that. But all I'm saying is I think it would make the product better. Okay. I mean, I, I, there's some things I agree with there. There's some things I don't quite agree with there. Do I do I think the NCAA basketball tournament is more exciting and funner to watch than the NBA playoffs? Yeah, but I will say some things about the NCAA tournament. I think too many teams are involved. Mm. A 16 team has only won one time in the decades upon decades we've ever done this. The lowest seed they ever win is an eight, and that was in the 80s. Now I know there's an eight still left around right now. But it's North Carolina. It doesn't feel the same as a normal eight seed. And, yeah, and everyone's talking like Duke's going <coughs> to rocket to him i don't uh, think so okay that's just what i'm hearing okay coach k's going out a winner or whatever uh, we'll uh, see whatever but um it is no it is very exciting because i mean uh what was it uh st peter's there was a 15 they made it far again we didn't expect them to really go any farther than they did but it, it's always exciting i mean it is always exciting when that 16 team was it oral roberts yeah i think it was oral roberts uh, i think it was two years ago or maybe yeah because they beat Virginia. Yes. And then Virginia won the next year. That was so exciting. Mm-hmm. And it is so exciting. But like it's so rare, so I kind of wish they would uh, make it a little smaller. But I mean, I'm sure those 16 and 15 seeds are just happy to be involved. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that's part of it. But like, you are absolutely right. Like, I consider myself a pretty intense fan of Boston sports. Mm-hmm. I love the Red Sox. I love the Patriots. I love the Bruins. But I'll consider myself a bandwagon fan for the Celtics. And even if they're in the playoffs, I really won't watch till at least I, I'm never going to watch the first round of the playoffs. I don't care, even if the Celtics are in it. Maybe I won't watch the second round, but like the third round is when like I'll actually start to watch and care. And if the Celtics aren't in it, then I mean it kind of depends on who. I watched last year. Because, I, did, I did too. Yes, because I love it. I mean, I love it when new teams are involved. I, I yeah. think last year was one of the better years the NBA playoffs has ever had, in my opinion. Because for once they, you know, once. For once, it was wide open, it seemed. Yeah, and that's that's what you're saying is kind of so exciting about this tournament. And now, usually, it's still the ones and the twos and the threes and the fours and the final four and whatnot. Um, but, I don't know, to be honest, I never care who wins the tournament. Oh, yeah. I kind of like just having fun throughout it. Mm-hmm. And like, I would agree there. My favorite thing is making the bracket. I don't care much about college basketball. I don't watch until the tournament, yet I love... No, but nobody does anymore. But I love making a bracket. And I'm really good at it for no reason. <laughs> I'm just really good at it. I don't know. I'm good at picking. I'm good at looking at other analysts and picking what they say and weeding out the bull crap for some reason. And it's so much fun. 
one of the I love doing it for every playoff. When the NHL started doing it for their playoffs, I'm like, this is a small scale, but I love making brackets. Who doesn't love making brackets? You know, you brought up a good point about this that I want to talk about too. Here's why I think this is a problem for the NBA, and I don't take it to other leagues because in baseball you need this many games because baseball is a weird sport where anybody wins on any day and if your pitching matchup that day is bad or someone just you know has a terrible day and can't locate you'll get rocked and you'll lose i mean the braves won 88 games and won the world series hockey you know it can be madness all the time so they need that many games to me basketball in the nba you don't need that many games you we all know talent wins out in the NBA. And that's why I said every year in the playoffs, it feels like there's only about three teams that anyone really thinks has a chance. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think this is an NBA problem, and I don't think you can apply this to the other sports despite the fact that they have seven game series as well. Yeah. But I mean, I think hockey's a great example because they have the exact same playoff structure, mm-hmm. same amount of teams make it, same amount of games, same amount of rounds. But every year, I. I know it's a little different now in the NBA with the playing tournament, mm. but I never expected any eight seed to beat a one seed. Mm. And in the NHL, do I expect the one seed to beat the eight seed? Yeah, but it's always more intense. A couple of years ago, the, the lightning, the eight seeded Columbus Blue Jackets swept the best regular season team of all time. Yeah, in like the Tampa that, Bay Lightning, like that would not happen in the NBA. No, and like, is that extreme? That was the first time that ever happened in the NHL. <laughs> We don't expect that. No. But it can happen. Yeah. One seeds get taken down all the time by eight seeds. The LA Kings, when they won the uh, Stanley Cup in 08, destroyed everyone in the playoffs, swept the first and second seed, and marched to the, the Stanley Cup finals. So, like, these things can happen in other sports. Mm-hmm. You just said, like, the Braves had 88 wins. Now, do I think they were one of the hottest teams going into the playoffs? Yes. Yeah. But that's that's how sports go. Yeah. It's about who's hot right now, mm-hmm. except in basketball. Except in basketball. At least NBA basketball. In in NBA basketball, all the time, they can just turn on a switch. All the time. Yeah. It's just, how am I feeling that day? LeBron James can be the best player on the court every day if he wants to be. If he's having a good day. Yes. I mean, listen, LeBron single-handedly carried some Cavs teams to places they shouldn't have been. Yeah. But we all felt at the end of the day in the playoff games... LeBron's gonna win out. <laughs> he's, he's the only and reason then, the Lakers are and then, even involved. And then when at they all. went, and when they, when they went to go play Golden State, we all said, "Oh, this is gonna be a massacre," and it was a massacre for the most part, except that one time. Except that one game with the J.R. Smith thing when that game was close. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, that's one of the best memes. Oh, oh that that picture. <laughs> that's one of the best memes. Oh. So, we all know why the NBA won't change anything, though. Money. Yes, exactly. It would be less money, even though it would make the product better. It's less money. What did I say yesterday? Oh, I forgot. Damn. Something about like this can like benefit us in every way. Everyone around us will benefit, but we'll make a little less money. So no, no. we're not going to do it. Who cares about the product? Yeah. All right. I think we're good on that. All right. All, All right. right. It's time for rapid fire news. Let's go. It's a little shorter this week. Not not too much happened, but we'll start we'll start with on brand NCAA tournament. The final four is officially set. Number two Villanova beat number five Houston. Number two Duke. Beat number four Arkansas, and then number one Kansas. Oh, excuse me, number one Kansas beat number ten Miami, and then number eight North Carolina beat the Cinderella number fifteen St. Peter's. And actually, the games are set for Saturday: mm-hmm. Kansas versus Villanova, Duke versus North Carolina. Who do you? Who do you actually? Who are you picking with that? Uh, I'm picking Kansas, and I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to pick North Carolina. Okay, I'm a, I'm, I'm probably going to pick Kansas and Duke. 
because I, I think Kansas has the potential to blow out Villanova because Justin Moore tore his Achilles in the last game for Villanova. Okay, I don't know any of that. I think the line's four and a half right now. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end it's up to five and a half or six. I'm going to pick Duke, maybe even to win the whole thing because... A lot of people are picking Duke to win the whole thing now. <laughs> that'd be A, a good story, as much as I don't like Duke, and I don't like Duke, and that's who I think is going to win because of that. Okay. All right, anyway, more rapid-fire news. Let's keep it with basketball, though. The Celtics this week, mm. they went 3-0. and They beat the Thunder, they beat the Jazz, and they beat the Timberwolves. And now they find themselves tied for the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, mm. which is a little bizarre. Yes. Considering a couple months ago, we when, didn't care about the Celtics. But I'll be honest, when the NBA playoffs start, I don't believe in them at all. If they make it to round three, then I'll start caring and believing. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so slightly more Celtics news. Uh, their center, Robert Williams, actually tore his meniscus. He's going to be out several weeks. So, <clears throat> not the best news. Oof. But all right, Bruins news. Also went 3-0 and this week. They beat the Canadians, they beat the Lightning, and they beat the Islanders. Found themselves in the second position in their division, but then fell all the way back to the wild card because the Lightning in Toronto won. But anyway, final bit of rapid-fire news. Give me a little baseball news. This morning, Albert Pujols signed a one-year contract with the St. Louis Cardinals. He's coming home. Mm. So After a decade. Yeah. So he's gonna probably going to retire. A Saint, well, I mean, he definitely should retire a St. Louis Cardinal. But hey, you get one more year of that old man. Mm. But uh, that has been rapid fire news. Mm. And from that, we will go to what was the biggest story of the week. Tyreek Hill has been traded from the Chiefs to the Miami Dolphins and then immediately paid $30 million a year. I think $72 million of it is guaranteed in the contract for a speed wide receiver at 30 years old. So you can tell where I'm probably going with this already. Um, mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I posted a reaction video also when it happened. On our uh, on our Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that, but I'll say it again: I have I have never seen uh, a trade where I felt every single party in the trade lost. <laughs> but I think every single party in this true. trade, Tyreek Hill lost. No, I don't think Tyreek won. He got money. <sighs> he got money, but I think he's and he's living in Miami now. But he's gonna f- yes, but I think he's gonna find as far as his football life, he's gonna become less and less relevant. Uh, he's not going to get the numbers, mm. the yards, he's 30 the highlight reels, and maybe maybe he won't make as much in you know merchandise and endorsement and all that when he's fading into the NFL ether. Well, at least maybe he'll remember his kids. True, but still, I think he loses in this trade too. Uh, I think if anyone wins in this trade, it's the Chiefs. They just lose this year. Because they're not as good a team, while the rest of their division gets better, the Chiefs get worse. I do think this makes them no longer the favorite in the AFC West, because now they only have one real elite weapon, in my opinion. Um, Does this help a ton down the stretch, now that you're paying Patrick Mahomes this much money, to have all these picks? You're damn right it does. So they might win out in the end, but for now I think they lost. And Miami, I, I don't know what this is for Miami. Uh, you have a roster that nobody thinks is a Super Bowl roster. An O-line that needs a lot of help. You basically gave away your entire draft this year. And you got it for a wide receiver who's 30 years old, who's largely just a speed threat. And you have a quarterback that most people don't think is good enough. And a quarterback that doesn't fit Tyreek Hill because he doesn't push the ball down the field at all 
all. Doesn't have the arm strength for it. It's not what he does. So what, do you think Tyreek Hill is going to bubble screen his way to $30 million worth of production? I don't see it. I don't see it at all. And Tua's numbers will get better, I know. But this is this is Tua last year. And all the I do not count the games that he got hurt partway through the game. Games he was healthy against winning opponents. 58% completion percentage, just three touchdowns, four interceptions, and on average, Miami scored 16.8 points in those games. So you gave up all your picks, and now you're going to add Tyreek Hill to that. I, I think it's, it's some very nice, expensive, you know, accent on a house, even though the foundation is falling apart. Okay. I mean... I'll let you respond I, I, to that for I, now before I, we get into this more. But I'll agree with the most part for that. I'll, I'll start with Tyreek Hill because, to be honest, I understand why he could be taking an L here. Hmm. You know, he's going. He's, the team he's going to is not as good as the team he was on. Yeah, he's aging, and he won't maybe won't get this endorsement stuff like that. But he got a ring. Hmm. He's thirty. He's made his money. Make a couple more bucks and retire before before you forget your own name. So that's why I think, in the long run, this will help Tyreek Hill. Hmm. And he said it was $30 million a year. He's 30. He was, do we say it's five years run there? I think so, yeah. So I think this will be a half-decent deal for three years. Hmm. I think that's when he'll really start to lose a step. Not to say he probably might lose a step this year, next year, and so on. But, like, he's so fast. Him losing a step is still makes him one of the faster in the NFL. And he's with a guy now with Jalen Waddell. Had 100 catches last year. So... Does this make Miami better? I mean, yeah. Marginally. Yes. Is this necessarily what you needed? I don't think so. I think it, but made, I think it made them marginally better this year, but down the road, it's going to kill them. Sure. Uh, to be honest, I don't know what you could do with those picks to really make the team better other than the line, but I don't know. We both feel like that's you can get alignment almost anywhere. Yeah. Not a great lineman anywhere, but you can get alignment almost anywhere in the draft. So... I have mixed feelings about Miami. Is this the best thing they could have done? No, but it's, it's they 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 tried something. Whatever. It's it'll. I I I the this will help with those the stats. Sixteen points a game was a fifty percent completion percentage. Whatever. Yeah. It'll help these things. It will. It will. Tyreek will make his money, and to be honest, I think this mostly helps though the Chiefs for pretty much everything you said. Mm-hmm. I love it when teams. I mean, I don't love it because it doesn't. My team never does it anymore. But I love it when teams understands that we're good and everyone around us is getting better. So we're gonna we're willing to take a step back for now in order to take several steps forward down the line. Mm-hmm. I always like it. that's always smart to me. So to be honest, like yeah, this year I think the Chiefs are looking around. Everyone improved so much around us. It's gonna be really hard this year if we want to go for it. Let's kind of not, and let's go for it next year. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing from the Chiefs' perspective. They're going to be so dangerous later because so many teams, especially in their division, have mortgaged some of their future for right now and watched them all cannibalize each other. And the Chiefs will still be good. They still have Andy Reid. They still have Patrick Mahomes. And they still have Travis Kelsey. They'll still be good. Kelsey's getting old too, actually. He is, but I just don't think they're. I don't think that they're good enough to win the division anymore, and I think they've taken a few steps back. So it's not good for them this year. However, with all the money that Patrick is making, 
Kelsey under contract already. They do have to repair this defense. They let Tyron Matthew go because he was too expensive and all that kind of stuff, Honey Badger, you know? So with now with all these picks, you're going to have a chance to repair the defense and have a bunch of defensive players who are going to be really cheap for a long time. So this is Kansas City, I think, maximizing the window for a long time, knowing that the core is set here for a while. And probably knowing, as I said with Tyreek, he's small. He's not big. He doesn't really have a ton of other great attributes as a wide receiver other than his speed. So the shelf life for him, I don't think was going to be all that much longer anyway. So in the long run, I do think this is a good move by KC. I just think they did lose significantly, though, for this season. Sure. But this kind of reminds me of like the moves Bill used to always make back in the day. Mm. Like part ways with the player while he's still got value and mm. get some value for him. Mm. If you even if you're willing to take a step back for it. Because like I said, like clearly the Chiefs see everyone around him is after them, gunning for them, trying to be better than them. And yeah, with this move, I, I still said uh last week, I think two weeks ago also, that I still kind of consider the Chiefs maybe the favorite to win that division. I don't anymore. Oh, really? You've come yeah. around on that. Well, I mean, you got rid of your maybe your best offensive weapon. Yes. Maybe Ty- Ty- Travis Kelsey is maybe a slightly better weapon. I don't know. Who cares? Um, but I think this is a situation, like I said, with kind of doing what the Patriots used to do. Get value from one of your players um, and look to the future. Mm. We still got a couple years out of Travis Kelsey. We picked Kelsey. You brought in a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, that's obviously not a Tyreek Hill placement. That's decent. Um, they brought in uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling now as well. Sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like there's still pieces here to be a half decent team, mm-hmm. but I, it's they're doing the they're learning from the Patriots. Yes. Take a step back now. We'll still be a good team. <laughs> we'll still compete. Um, but we'll in a year or two we're going to be right back as the favorite for this division. You know what's funny is um so Kansas City right now is sort of zagging while the re- when zigging while the rest of the league is zagging. I guess is kind of the word sure. for it. They're all they're all they're all trying to copy the Los Angeles Rams model right now. Draft picks are overrated. We need guys right now in the NFL veterans and we're going to be hyper aggressive and go for it. Now that worked for the Rams. The problem is when everybody in the same league, part of the league is doing it. I mean, you can't all really be as good as you think right now. Here's the idea with that though. This this idea that Sell out now, maybe win one or two championships, and then you're going to suck in a couple years. The reason I don't like that is because if everyone's going for that, and sure, people seem well, to Well, that's be, what I just said. Everyone yeah, is going for it now. That seems to be the trend. So in a couple years, when these teams that stockpiled all these draft picks are good, and all these other teams that traded them away now suck, well, guess what? Everyone's going to think, well, no, we do need to just draft everyone. That's how you win championships. Well, this Clearly, is, it's the draft. Well, the NFL is one of the most obvious copycat leagues that yeah. you'll ever see. I mean, you know, just a couple of years ago, after McVay makes the Super Bowl in Shanahan, now anybody who has spent any time around the two is getting hired, and they're all looking for offensive coordinators, turn them into head coaches at a young age. Yeah, and it's it's literally going to create a different trend in another direction in a couple of years. Yeah, because when all these teams that sold out and only a couple of them can win, yeah. So and a lot of them sold out when they all collectively suck, and then all these teams that were like, "Well, we'll just get the draft picks," are good. People are going to be like, "Well, it is the draft. We have to go back to doing that." Clearly, we are idiots. I think that in the AFC, the only ones who are really like, I think should have sold sold out the way they have 
were the Chargers, Denver, and the Bills. Chargers just because you still have Herbert on a rookie deal for a while. Bills because... Bills didn't even really sell out. I, they threw money around. That's a lot of money for Von Miller. No, but they didn't sell. They didn't. They that's still got their picks. That's they just, true. They just that's threw true. money around. That's true. That's true. And then Denver because I I think Denver should be in win now mode because of that roster. Yeah. So. But I I yeah I don't think the Bills <clears throat> sold out the way the other ones did. No, and like, sure Denver will be good this year, compete for a championship this year, next year, two three years. You just, but unless you win. I think multiple. Is this worth it? I don't know. I don't know. Mm, we'll see. Maybe, and I mean, it depends on your franchise, I guess. <coughs> you know, if you never win one, one is amazing. We're Patriots fans. I do want to bring something up. We're going to have two media things to talk about. Here's one I want to talk about before I move on to Stephen Ross. Uh, you know, someone I do like to listen to, Colin Cowherd, brought up, you know, with all these great weapons around Tua, are Tua's numbers going to get so much better that it's going to create a new problem for Miami? Where, like, you're going to have this division in the locker room, like what happened with Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo, where it's like, ooh, is this guy good enough now that he's the guy? And it's going to, you know, it's going to pull, it's going to put the curtain back up over what we all know is a quarterback who probably isn't good enough. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I do think Tua is so poor that I don't think his numbers are going to be so good, even with all these weapons, especially since, I, as I said, I don't think Tyreek is a good fit at all for what Tua does. That I don't think it's going to happen, but I thought it was an interesting thought process. What do you think about that? Um, sure. And I don't remember who said it. I was looking, listening to the radio the other day. They were talking about this. And actually, they brought up stuff about what Colin Coward said. Um, and then they were they're talking about the two in the situation. And they were talking about, like, they were crapping on Tua. Everyone craps on Tua. But they also brought up the point that, like, it's just the trend to crap on Tua. For reasons. Hey, hey, I was ahead of the trend. Well, I mean, the real this is the trend because, like, if you look at analytic wise, he actually is pretty good. If you looked at just his stats, yes, and but he, that's why I brought up his stats and, against actually winning opponents. Well, then he he can also win games. And then the point they were making on the radio is like, if you look at his stats, like you can see he's a pretty decent quarterback. He can win games, stuff like that. But if you look at the product, yes, it's generally a messy kind of product. It's just lackluster, man. There's just there's no special. A- arm slightly below average. Athleticism average. Size below average. Ability to stay healthy far below average. Sure. And like I I don't think he's a very good quarterback. I mean, honestly, got- to me, if Miami would be better off having Ryan Fitzpatrick right now with Tyreek Hill, because at least Fitzpatrick pushes the ball down the field, and that fits with what Hill is good at. Yes, but I think there's. There's a way to win games with a guy like Tua. Yeah. Because, hey, you first. Yeah, and Tyreek Hill ain't it. Uh, if you want to push it down the field, no. But <laughs> he's so fast. Quick cuts. I know. Those quick cuts. I and, know. like, Jalen Wilder just came off a hundred a rookie 100 reception season. Gasicki's good. Miles um, Gaskin is a pretty good running back. You know, you'll need some line help if you really want to open him up. Mm. But you have guys who are pretty quick and agile all over. And a way to win games is ball control. Mm. And if you have a guy that can't push it down the field, but if he can just get it to his guys and you can keep ball control, that's a winning formula. Yeah. Now, would I prefer someone who's more technical and accurate than a Tua Tugavailoa? Well, sure. But maybe Miami sees what they got. We're stuck with this right now. 
mm. let's let's try to be let's try to be ball hogs. Mm. That's how, that's why that's how I see it. There's there's only one thing that makes me think this is going to be a success, and it's a rumor that's been going around in the NFL that we'll get to later in the show. Oh, but it's a rumor for next year. Yes, I know. But like, if it happened next year, I would be like, all right, all right. It makes a little more sense now, Miami. I suppose. Uh, I the, do suppose. the last thing. Keep that caveat in mind. But did is Stephen Ross? Do you think he believed in this move, or is he like trying to distract the fan base from what a toxic offseason it has been for um, the franchise and get them excited about something? Actually, to be, I I'm gonna go with no. Okay. Do I think this is maybe about selling tickets? Yeah, probably. Okay. Because I think almost anything these owners do has to do with selling tickets. But I feel like I mean we haven't talked about Brian Flores in a while. And I don't just mean us. No, I mean, I, I haven't heard his name anywhere in the past couple of weeks because of everything that has happened with the Russell Wilson trade and the J.C. Jackson and the Khalil Mack going to San Diego and all this other stuff. We kind of just forgot about Miami. Mm-hmm. And I did too. Um, so I don't really think it's because, honestly, at that point, you're just a float under the radar. You put your team back in the limelight. And now we're talking about it again. Mm-hmm. We weren't talking about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think so. Okay. You think Stephen Ross really believes in this? I feel like we have a trend in the NFL of this kind of thing. I feel like that's a different question. <laughs> All right. From that, we can move on. Jesse, take it away. Oh, it's time to talk some Bruins. Yes. So, I don't have Brian here to bounce off of, though. I know you don't. Or Dan, even. I don't have anyone. <clears throat> but So, it's just going to be me. But, to be honest, so from the past week... I've heard a lot of things from Bruins fans because the actually the trade deadline was literally during the show last week. Um, and, of course, in the NHL, like so many trades come out after the deadline that got put in right before. And then the, the, NFL, the NHL just has to go through them and approve them and whatnot. But anyway, the Bruins basically just made one big deal. They got Hampus Lindholm, the defenseman. Great defenseman. I really like him. But we had uh, a lot of Bruins fans, and I was listening to the radio after the show because a lot of people were calling in to like, uh, 98.5 and whatnot, complaining that the Bruins didn't do enough, they didn't move to Brusque, blah, blah, blah. And my problem with that is, like, if you're going to move to Brusque, which I was kind of open to, like, you needed to replace him. Like, this is, I don't want to maybe use the word, the C word, contender, but you are a playoff contender. And if you move Jake to Brusque, well, then you have a big old hole on your left side. Excuse me, your right side. Um, so, and then you'd have to replace it. Now, you could move him for another player and just, you know, you're just moving Jake DeBrus for somebody else. So, that doesn't really work to me either. So, I'm fine with them keeping him. Especially because you'll get more value out of him in the offseason if you trade him um, than you would right now. And, like, the only person you would really going to – I mean, there's a couple of people like a Claude Giroux who went to Florida. And he, like, he passed on you. He, he put out the no trade clause. I don't want to go to Boston. And that would have been a good replacement for – Jake DeBrusque, a great replacement for Jake DeBrusque, but he didn't want to come here, so it doesn't matter. But even like another reason why I just don't, I think Bruins fans really need to just shut the hell up right now is because a your team is hot, it's working out. The Hampus in those two games Hampus uh, Lindholm played looked amazing. Everyone did, um, and if you look at uh, everyone around you, all the other teams around you, no one really much did anything either. If you look at the Lightning, they brought in Brandon Hagel and Nick Paul. Those are depth scorers, and like that's for grit. That's kind of what they needed, but that doesn't put them over the top. And you beat them the other day. 
I said Panthers got Claude Giroux. I mean, that's pretty big. And uh, Ben Sherratt for defense. But again, Claude Giroux's old, and I don't trust Florida in the playoffs. So mm. you look at the Maple Leafs, like they're, they got Mark Giordano, good defenseman. He's old, but that wasn't their problem at all. They have no goaltending. Jack Campbell sucks. Peter Mrazek sucks. And they didn't fix that. So I don't scatter the Leafs at all. You're, I mean, the, you look at the Hurricanes. They got Max Domi. I wanted Max Domi. Uh, I, I, say even, I even said it last week on the show, and then a couple minutes later, Brian broke the news that he went to the Hurricanes. Um, that one's one I will be actually a little disappointed with because he was traded for one prospect. Mm. One pro- a decent prospect, but like you're telling me you couldn't have gave uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets something. You, you needed five million in, or excuse me, 500,000 in cap space. You don't think Columbus would eat a million dollars for a couple months? I'm sure they would. So that's one thing. But again, Max Domi would have been depth. But then you look, you look at everyone else. The Rangers. Frank Vitrano, Tyler Mott, and Justin Braun. Justin Braun sucks. Frank Vitrano's okay, and Tyler Mott's fourth line. Penguins. Ricard Raquel. Wait, the Penguins are even that good? Yes, they are. Oh, really? They're still relevant. They got Ricard Raquel. I kind of wanted Ricard Raquel also, but the price was massive. So I don't... I'm fine with that. Capitals got Marcus Johansson. That's literally just... And then on the that's that's all your competition in the East. And to be honest, other than the Max Domi one, which the Hurricanes didn't need, they were fine anyway. Nothing happened. Nothing happened to your detriment. Again, maybe you would have been better getting Claude Drew than the Panthers, but I'm not scared of the Panthers. And then you look at the West. We're going to play one of those teams. Obviously, the Avalanche were the just head and shoulders best team and made the biggest splash. Brought in a whole bunch of people. Um, you know, Nico Sturm, Achuri Lekkonen, Andrew Cogliano. I like those moves. Uh, the Wild got a goalie, Marc-Andre Fleury. Took him away from the Leafs. Love that. Uh, Blues got Nick Letty. Nick Letty sucks. Uh, and then the Flames got a couple big things. No one really did anything. Hmm. So I don't know what these Bruins fans are complaining about. There wasn't much. There wasn't huge big names. Claudio was probably the biggest name, but he's old. And then the second biggest name was Pampas Lindholm, who you got. <coughs> He was by far the best defenseman on the market, and you got him. And that's what the Bruins needed. That's absolutely what they needed. Would I have liked some center help? I guess, because um, your second line, Eric Howla, is not the best face-off guy. But he's producing on that line, so I'm willing to sacrifice some face-offs to keep him on that line. Because he's working so well with Pasta and Hall that I, I don't want to break it up. And where would you put this new guy? The third line is clicking. The second line is clicking. The first line with, you know, Patrice Bergeron and Marshawn are always going to produce, no matter who you put with them. They have DeBrusque right now. And then the fourth line, despite the fact that they're snake-bitten and not putting up points, every single game, Curtis Lazar hits a post or gets close. So they're close. So again, I like this team. I don't think Bruins fans should complain. Are there still better teams out there? Yes, the Avalanche are still better than you. But if you're going to play them, it'll be in the finals. Do you think? Do you think now with this move though to improve the defense? Do you think the Bruins are maybe Stanley Cup contenders? Uh, I don't want to say yes to that, but part of me really thinks they are because they looked from the from the get go. Usually it'll take a while, especially defensemen. Like you know, they got to gel together. He's playing with McAvoy. He looked so good from the puck drop, and he's just he's a size guy. He can he's just boxing out well. He just knows where to be. He's just perfectly clicked with this team almost immediately it was shocking so i think 
this puts you better than a couple teams that were ahead of you. I think this absolutely makes you better than the Leafs. I think this absolutely makes you better than almost anyone other than the Hurricanes in the Metropolitan Division. Say, so, yeah, I think I think this makes you a strong case to make the finals. It's just can you beat the Avalanche? Hmm. And I mean, and you get to the finals, anything goes. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of think it does a little bit. All right, you heard it here first. Jesse Caulfield's riding with the Bruins all the way to the Stanley Cup. Uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of. All right. We are going to take a quick break, guys, before we come back. We're going to talk about the other news that happened during the last show, actually, which is Matt Ryan of the Colts. Stick with us, guys. We will be back in just a few. back ladies and gentlemen to slow your roll let's get into the next topic matt ryan has been traded to the colts i forget what the actual picks were i don't i don't even think it was a first round pick though i don't believe so probably, it wasn't it wasn't a big haul probably because he's like the biggest cap hit in the league yeah he's up there. <laughs> that, that's prop no he is he the, is he is the biggest cap hit in the league oh I mean, until like Aaron Rodgers' new contract, I don't know exactly what Rodgers is. But before that, coming into that season, it was known that Matt Ryan would be the biggest cap hit in the league with his contract, what it was. So, Matt Ryan to the Colts, though. Let's talk about this. I think this is a big move. I think this helps a lot. I think, I know I picked them last year, and at times they look like they should have been, but Carson would make mistakes to blow some games they shouldn't. I think this makes the Colts the best team in their division. And I will be once again riding with the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> To win the division. I like Frank Reich, even though he's on the hot seat with that owner. Matt Ryan, listen, he's disappeared for a little bit in Atlanta. Uh, When we were going over what we're going to do later, you seem to like him more than I do. But still, Matt Ryan was behind some terrible O-lines, and he was completely, and we know he's not athletic. He's completely immobile. He now gets the Colts O-line, which is a sensational O-line, and a great running game. Now, do they have special targets to throw through on the perimeter? Not really. Kind of Michael Pittman and whatever else. But they can go draft someone, and things will work behind that O-line and the run game. Matt Ryan will do stuff off that. Do I think Ryan is declining a little bit? Yes. Is he a special arm? No. Indianapolis, though, they're going to play in a warmer division than you could in some plenty of other divisions, and they play in a dome. So I don't think it'll be a big deal. He'll play in Houston. He'll play in Jacksonville twice a year. And, you know, Tennessee's not the South-South, but the weather's not usually all that awful in Tennessee either. So I don't, I'm not too concerned about the arm thing. I think he's in a good place for that. So I think this does make them really, really good, and I think the veil has been exposed now on Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, Derrick Henry has been really good for all these years. At some point, he's got to fall off. Julio Jones didn't work out. A.J. Brown... 
Seems like he's having some injury history now as well. So I think the Titans will take a step back. I think this is a huge move, and I think this makes the Colts division winners. Your initial reactions here to Matt Ryan of the Colts and my thoughts. Uh, well, I mean, in terms of the division and stuff, like you only have one competition. That's the Titans. Yeah. And yeah, like you, you definitely have the better quarterback now. Um, you have probably the second best rusher behind Derrick Henry in the league. Yes. Um, yeah, you guys, you don't get the wide receivers, but yeah, Pittman's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, T.Y. Hilton's decent still. Um, so, I mean, no, I really like this because, you know, they weren't, they weren't going to win anything with, well, what was it? What was it? Uh, who's the one they traded for before? Oh, Philip Rivers? No, 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 no. Are you talking about Carson Wentz? No, the one they were going to replace Carson Wentz with. Gardner oh, Minshew. Gardner Minshew. Yeah, like, I like Gardner, but, like, this is a this is a pro, professional NFL quarterback. And, yes, he's in his 30s professional now. Professional starting quarterback. Yes. And he's in his 30s now, so he's going to be kind of a little bit. He's not going to be MVP Matt Ryan. He was a couple years ago. But to be honest, despite the fact that the Falcons have been a bad team since 28-3, to um, Matt Ryan has not been a bad quarterback, I feel, really at all. Hmm. He doesn't throw to anybody anymore. And, you know, he's not mobile. But he, he did for years even after 28-3. to uh, I, don't, I don't want to hear that. He had Julio Jones. Uh, he had Calvin Ridley not long after. Yeah. What? I mean, for what, like a year and a half? And then, like, to be honest, the Falcons got better last year without Calvin Ridley. Mm. Anyway. Anyway. But, like, the Colts were a good team last year. Biggest, we've said, biggest problem was the quarterback. You like Carson Wentz more than I do. We understand he has ability. He's just kind of an idiot. Matt Ryan is a veteran, smart, good quarterback that's been there and done things. This is exactly what the Colts were looking for. Would you like a little more skill, I guess, because he's in his 30s? And like you say, he's not mobile. It's funny, though. He is, in a lot of ways, the opposite of Carson Wentz. Why? Super likable. Not going to ruffle a bunch of feathers. Great teammate. No one really says anything bad about Matt Ryan. Uh, Older. Older. Not super talented, but won't make huge mistakes. And not mobile at all. He's talented enough. His arm is talented enough. It's good enough. And he's more mobile than Brady and Manning ever were. True, but now he's <laughs> he's less mobile than he used to be now at 36. We all are. <laughs> um, but, like, but no, I I love this move for the Colts. It is, I think, it is exactly what they need. Mm. Exactly. I think it's flying under the radar a little bit, too. That's well, the I mean, I like. I, I, interesting thing I like about this move. He's not as interesting as, or as sexy as uh, a Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. so... And like to be honest, nobody cares about the Colts anymore. Not as dramatic as the Deshaun Watson. Yeah, every ever since I mean, when Peyton Manning left, the the interest in the Colts dropped dramatically, and then Andrew Luck left, and nobody cares about the Colts. Mm-hmm. No one cares about the Colts, and for good reason. Why should we? Yeah, they haven't done anything since Peyton Manning left. Um, I mean, hey, now you got Matt Ryan. Yeah, I think it's a great move. Chris Ballard deserves a ton of credit, in my opinion, because after they traded Wentz, I was like, boy, now you're left with a quarterback. What's the plan here, man? What are you going to do? But he pulled it off. I feel bad for Garner Minshew. I kind of do, too. He might never get a shot. <laughs> yeah, he probably, he, really thought, he probably really thought he was going to get a shot mm. on a pretty good team and a chance to win a division. Mm. But it I was, mean, was got, not meant to be, Minshew. You're behind an old man. You, you might get injured. No, you might. All right. 
from that, we're going to continue this with Matt Ryan, but we're going to bring back who would you rather? Because we all know you're really rough on some quarterbacks. But you seem Matt to like Ryan ain't one of them. you seem like to like Matt Ryan a lot. So we're gonna play Who Would You Rather with Boy. you, Jesse. So, Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins? Oh, Matt Ryan. Because actually, if you look at their team situation, I feel like they're in a somewhat similar spot. Their teams are underachieving, or I mean, you know, his former team, Matt Ryan's former <laughs> team, is under was underachieving, despite the fact that he did have. You know, weapons around him for a little while. I felt they disappeared the past couple of years. But if you look at Kirk Cousins, he's still got Thielen. He's still got one of the best running backs in Dalvin Cook. He's thrown at uh, Jefferson. He was thrown at Diggs also before. And yet he never has won anything. He's never gotten anywhere. I mean, other than beating, pl- other than, well, he beat the Saints in that one playoff game. But that's oh, about yeah, it. Yeah. But like Matt Ryan made it to the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan won an MVP. I mean, you could. Here's what you could say with Kirk too on the damning thing. Case Keenum. Went further in the playoffs than Kirk has yet. Yeah. On the same team. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty, yeah, kind of, yeah. They, I mean, did, I don't think they had Cooks. I don't think they had Dalvin yet, no. But yeah, they had Diggs. They had, but they had I mean, Diggs and they had Diggs. Um, yeah, I, I, that was a good team. Yeah. But yeah, no, I definitely think Matt Ryan's better. Because Kirk Cousins has never done anything. And whenever the lights are bright, they he can't see. <laughs> But Matt, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, quietly for years has put up numbers. Mm. All right, for the next one, who would you rather, Matt Ryan or Derek Carr? No, just to specify, we mean right now, yes. this year, this year only. Oh yeah, I forgot. For for, for this guys, it's it's for this season only, one year. And Matt Ryan. Oh my. God. <laughs> Matt Ryan, because I kind of think the Colts are going to be better than the Raiders this year with based on just how the team is. Uh, and Derek Carr has had a couple pretty good years. And but like it's always like he has he needs weapons. I feel like Matt Ryan does not need the weapons that Derek Carr kind of needs the weapons to thrive. He's got Waller, he's got a great he's always had a pretty good running back, I feel. I mean not at all always, but he definitely does now. Um what else has he got? He had a, oh, uh, what was that? Rugs. Rugs. It was pretty good for that Ruggs couple games. <laughs> um, no, l- listen. Listen, we can all have differences of opinion. You're, this is one that I'm sorry. You're just wrong on. But what, is he, what does just, Derek Carr ever do? You're just wrong on Derek Carr. What does he do? He's never been given the things that Matt Ryan has been given. Matt what, Ryan has been given was nothing Matt Ryan the past ever couple years. Spe- was ever Matt Ryan ever special outside of the year he had Kyle Shanahan? Yeah. Derek Carr has never been given a run. I never really thought Matt Ryan has ever had a bad year. Derek Carr has never been given the things that Matt Ryan was once given. He never had that Julio Jones type guy. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley once. A great running game when Kyle Shanahan was there. Carr has never had that. Carr had like John Gruden and then Rich Basaccia this year. And he lost all his weapons partway through the year because Waller couldn't stay healthy. He took the Raiders to the playoffs largely just throwing to Hunter Renfro. Uh, so I'm sorry, I, I, you're just wrong on this one. You just are. And you know what? The Colts might be better than the Raiders next year because they have a better coach, probably. Josh McDaniels has done nothing outside of New England yet, so we have no idea what McDaniels is like. Uh, and they're in a way easier division. But you're just wrong on this, man. Mm. 
You're just wrong on this one. You just hate Derek Carr for some reason. I don't hate him. And he Carr, seems like a nice guy. Actually, I'd like to hang out with Derek Carr. He seems to be friends with everybody. But he's better. I'm, just, I'm sorry. He's just this. Hmm. Hold on. I have their stats in front of me right now. Derek Carr's best year, then he broke his leg before he could get to the playoffs, too. All right. Dysfunctional organization. I mean, if you look at their stats, I know Matt Ryan's been here a lot longer. They have the same basic completion percentage. Matt Ryan blows him out of the water with the yards and touchdowns. Again, I know he's played a, a decent amount more time. Um, give me QBR. As much as I think that's an overrated stat. Uh, anyway, I mean, like to be honest, like I've never, I've every game Matt Ryan competes. I've never watched Matt Ryan have a bad season. I have watched Derek Carr have so many bad seasons. Mm. I think today Derek Carr is a better quarterback though than he used to be. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. If I was going for a future of a team, well, yeah, because Carr is younger. Yes, yes, obviously. All right, next one for this next season: Matt Ryan or Kyler Murray? Matt Ryan, because <laughs> Kyler Murray. And you said, "Oh, it's just about the contract thing." I mean, as much as I didn't actually know, apparently that he is a diva. It might even might even be worth talking about on our list in a little bit. Okay. Um, but like, apparently, like, no, it's like so much more. He thinks he's the best. All this other stuff. And another problem is he is small with small hands and... Gets hurt a lot. Yes. And that is... More than any other sport, or and more than any other position in any other sport, I think you need to make sure your quarterback can stay healthy. Because I don't... You can might, you might make the argument there is no more important position in sports. Oh, probably not. No. Anyone can be replaced. Now, you look at someone like a Devontae <laughs> Adams. If he gets hurt, you can't replace that. But you can have a next man up and step in and do something. You can't replace the skill, but you can place the position the uh, in what he does. Yeah, you can try to make up for the production elsewhere. But quarterbacks, like it just it just don't really work like that. And I, I like Kyler Murray's skill. He's a very very talented individual, both with his movement, his athleticism, and his arm. And he's not an idiot. He, he's a pretty good decision maker and stuff like that. Sometimes I think he can trust himself too much in his ability, but that seems to be a lot of quarterbacks nowadays. Um, but Matt Ryan stays healthy. Matt Ryan is consistent. Matt Ryan is a team player. Okay. That one's crazy. I'll probably still have to take Kyler. He's just so much more talented. There's so much more I can do offensively with him. Next one. Would you rather Dak Prescott or Matt Ryan? This one's close, mm. but I'll take Dak Prescott. Mm. Now, a similar problem with uh, Kyler Murray has problems problem staying healthy. Mm. He is a bigger guy, though. I don't think he is quite as athletic, almost anything, actually, as Kyler Murray. But again, he can stay slightly healthier. And yeah, he did some whining when they lost that playoff game, but like that's the Cowboys. But Kyler Murray is also, or excuse me, Dak Prescott is much more of a team player than Kyler Murray, which is why I'll actually take Dak Prescott over Kyler Murray and Matt Ryan. All right. Lamar Jackson, who would you take for this next season? Lamar Jackson or Matt Ryan? You know, we said a lot of nice things about Lamar Jackson this year. We said, like, man, you know, maybe he did learn to throw. He's, I, he's improved it's far funny. beyond what I thought. It's funny because for the longest time I wasn't in on Lamar, and then I was like, ah, maybe I was wrong. And also, like, I will say, Lamar wins games. Yeah, he, he finds a way to win games. He's very athletic. But I want a Matt Ryan. I want a guy that just can control the game like Matt Ryan can. I want a guy that's just is he's just more talented. Now, athletic, no, but more quarterback talented. As a thrower. Yes. And Lamar looked really bad at the end of last year. Well, also, like, even you before know, decision making, reading defenses, um, pre snap reads, stuff like that. Which, you know, comes <clears throat> with veteran time and stuff like that. And but. the last one 
Would you rather Joe Burrow or Matt Ryan? I'll take the coolest man on earth. <laughs> yeah. Joe Burrow. Because, like, actually, Joe Burrow reminds me a lot of a young Matt Ryan. Mm. More agile, more ability to move. I think he's got a little bit more arm talent than Matt Ryan ever had, too. Okay, sure. I'll believe that. Mm. But I, they have, they do seem to be um, similar play styles, similar ability. You feel he's a little better than what Matt, younger Matt Ryan was, which is fine. Uh, but I will absolutely take Joe Burrow right now over Matt Ryan right now. Okay. Well, the only two big ones I really have against you are Derek Carr and Kyler Murray. Mm. Actually, last night you were going to pick Kirk Cousins, but I talked you out of it. I almost did pick Kirk Cousins, and then I, I thought about it, and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's had way more talent around him for a while now. So, yeah. And you can't make, and you can't make the contract thing either because both him and Kirk Cousins got paid. Yes, but I think Matt Ryan deserved that paycheck far more than Kirk Cousins did. Oh, I would agree. I would 100% agree. All right. From that, <clears throat> as I said, we're going to talk about the NFL quarterback thing. And this one is his direct response to the media stuff that I am seeing. Even though we've talked about this last two weeks, this might be the last time we talk about him for a while. But Until he moves. Until he moves. But, if, if he moves. If he moves. But the media narrative on Baker Mayfield now is starting to annoy me a little bit. Because if you turn on anything now, it's just, he sucks. He's terrible. He's not good. Complete whiff in a draft. Bust. Nobody wants him. Nobody thinks he's worth it. He's just the worst. Turn on first take, undisputed, Cowherd, whatever it is. Cowherd's a little nicer about it and he explains it more in detail, but you know he'll be more like, oh, he's so toxic behind the thing that nobody wants him. And this is a little ridiculous because let's be perfectly honest. The reason Baker doesn't have a job as a starter and he's not on another team yet is because... Cleveland asked too much for him and because Cleveland did this too late and everybody else filled their quarterback spot. If they had done this a month and a half ago, I guarantee Baker Mayfield would have been picked up and traded for by one of these teams who was desperately looking for a quarterback, especially since Jimmy G's injury came on and then a bunch of teams who are in on Jimmy G backed out on Jimmy G. So I'm telling you, Baker would have a job as a starting quarterback. We all got to chill out on this one, guys. He's not that bad. He's not that toxic that he wouldn't have a job. Everybody needs a quarterback. Everybody needs somebody who can be productive. So he's good enough. Before the injury last year, by the way, in the six games he played, 67% completion percentage, six touchdowns, three picks, 245 yards a game, and Cleveland averaged 26 points per game in that six-game stretch before he hurt his shoulder against Arizona. So his numbers before the injury were not that bad. They were about the same as the year before in which he also played very well and took a historically losing franchise in Cleveland to the playoffs where they bitch slapped their most hated opponent for years, big brother, Pittsburgh Steelers. He is not that awful, guys. Let's be honest in the media stuff. If the circumstances were different and they did this a month and a half ago, Baker would have a job. And I can't believe I'm defending Baker Mayfield right now. But the stuff that I'm seeing right now, it's a little unfair. It's a little over the top. And it's a little reactionary. Let's be honest. He'd have a job. Hmm. All right. I mean, he deserves a lot of criticism. He does. 100%. He needs to shut up. Yes. He needs to grow up. He needs to shut his mouth. 
Yes. And, I mean, another thing, maybe focus a little more on football, less on commercials. That too. And that would help your game. That but too. here's the thing. His rookie season, uh, he looked good. Real good. Yeah. And I understand part of the game of professional sports is people adapt how to learn to play to each other. And, you know, yeah, you can't be great forever because people learn how to play it. Like a Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes right now. Um, but the point is I've seen him do pretty great things. Even last year with his messed up shoulder, there were some games where he went off. Mm. He, has, he has potential. He has skill. I think his biggest problem is his himself. attitude. Himself. Yeah. And, you know, you think with age, uh, you know, he'll grow, you assume. Um, and, you know, maybe the situation will humble him a little bit. But uh, sure, like, he's not a terrible quarterback. I would take him over several people in the league. I'd take him over several people who got jobs. Yeah. Like Gardner Minshew. I would probably take him over Trubisky, but maybe not because Trubisky makes so much less money. Yeah. I'd take him over Kirk Cousins. I would take... uh, (laughs) I don't know if I'd take him over Kirk Cousins. Just because I think they're similar. I actually think Kirk is a very good comp to what Baker is. It's just Kirk isn't dramatic. But, like, Uh, I would take him over Drew Locke, who's going to start right now for Seattle. I would take him over Sam Darnold, who's going to start right now for Carolina, probably. I would take him over Teddy Bridgewater. Tua? I'd take him over Tua in a heartbeat. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah, I'd take him over a couple quarterbacks. Yeah. Is he, like, would he be at the top of my list? Hell no. But no. to sit here and say, like, like, did you watch him? Those games? Like, he, 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 he can ball. He has balled. Do I expect it? Now, do I expect it all the time? No. And I've seen more in the NFL of him being subpar mm-hmm. than a baller. So I expect more subpar at this point. But I know he can ball. Yeah. So let's not, let's not, let's not forget that fact. Yeah, let's not play this game now that he's complete bust and nobody wants him. I'm telling you. This was a month and a half ago. He'd be somewhere as a starting quarterback. I get it. We just we found we all found out that he's a kind of a dramatic figure. So I mean, I think they knew p- that before, but <laughs> yeah, but it's come out hard, and he's done it now publicly. So now we all have to pile on him. He's just he's just a bitch. Blah 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 blah. Yes, exactly. All right, we are going to take one last quick break before we finish up the show with a very special top ten list, <laughs> and then our Tommy Report and Darwin Award. As always, stick with us, guys. are back it's time for a little game uh i guess we're gonna call it maybe top 10 Just, we're gonna make a top 10 list here yeah uh, listen we're gonna do lists when there's when there's yeah. not as much news. it doesn't have a nice name plenty yet. of rest us the more lists we do the nicer the names we'll get yes but anyway so this list i'm surprised we haven't done more of these but we're excited about this one talked about it for a little while now so 
with the things not being, you know, it's the off season for football and baseball, so not a lot's going on. We love to talk about personalities, though. Hmm. And so we made a list here of the top 10, we call them the top 10 prima donnas in sports. Anyway, the most dramatic people in sports. Now, when we say dramatic, we mean drama, babies, thin skin, whiners, whiners. We do not mean scumbags. That's a difference. Now, you can be a scumbag and a prima donna. But if you're just a scumbag, you're not on the list. So like, that, that rules out Floyd Mayweather, John Jones. Yes. 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 If you're just kind of an a-hole, you're not on this list. We're just talking about you are a baby, you whine, you complain a lot. That's, that's the criteria. Again, there might be a scumbag or two on the list. But there are also prima donnas and other yes. things. So all right, let's get us underway. Let's go. So we'll start at 10. Number 10. Oh, actually, one more thing. This was going to be very much a lot of NBA mm-hmm. um, video. Oh, video, brother. Oh, we got oh. to get this. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Sorry. So this is, this, this, this is going to be, we had to put a hard cap on the amount of NBA players we could put in this. Because let's yes. be honest. And football players. And football. But mostly the NBA ones. Because nothing, mm-hmm. no sport breeds dramatic people. Like the culture of basketball. And you'll see why when we finish this list. <laughs> oh, yes, you will see why. We had to put a hard cap on that. But all right, let's go. Number 10. Let's go. Number 10. <clears throat> We're going to start with baseball. Pitcher for the New York Yankees, Garrett Cole. Now, is he really a top 10? I don't know. But is he a, definitely on the list for baseball? Yes, pitchers are so dramatic. When it came out with the spider tack, that they took away the spider tack from all the pitchers. Oh, my Lord, did this man whine and cry. For Pete's sake, we're going to get hurt out there. I don't know how to throw a pitch without sticky stuff. You mean to tell me your entire life you've been throwing with sticky stuff since out of the womb? Get out of here, you cry baby. For Pete's sake. Oh, like, ah. Uh. And to be honest, like. I'm going to re- have to relearn how to pitch. Yeah. And then, like, it was a lot more than just Garrett Cole, but he was clearly the most vocal. And, like, we love his crap on the Yankees. And here's the thing about Garrett Cole he pitched well down the stretch. Why did you complain? Eh, it's just because you're a baby, bro. All right. From that, it's actually another MLB player. Number nine on the list, David Price. Oh, man, if you're a Boston fan, you should know that this man belongs on the list. For, for, for a good time here in Boston, was there ever not a time a week he was in the news crying about something? Crying about the fans being mean? Crying about Eck having any criticism of him at all? And Fortnite. Then, and then crying about the things he cried about couple of weeks ago or then crying when other people would bring it up again david price one of the biggest whiners uh here in boston ever could not take the heat at all couldn't take it at all did he deliver in that postseason run when we won the world series yes he did we love him for that but man <laughs> leading up to that he was just always bitching about something here mm. always about anything anybody would say and he just he never he was so thin-skinned. It was crazy. And then the opting out of COVID thing, I thought, was also totally on brand, too, as soon as he got to the Dodgers. I thought that was hilarious. Number nine, David Price. Yo, my surgeon made fun of David Price when I was getting surgery last year. <laughs> Did he excuse really? me, two years ago. Did he really? Yes. That's funny. Anyway. Oh, I love this next one. All right, number, was it, eight? Yeah. All right. Talk a little tennis. Actually, to be honest, tennis players could be all over this list if it was a couple years ago. Yes. But number eight. Naomi Osaka. This one's going to be controversial because everyone loves to hype her up. But hey, 
Just because she took a break for mental health. Yes. And it's like, listen, I've, I've talked on this show. I had a couple rants about it even, about how we need to take mental health for our athletes more seriously. However, we need to make sure they are mentally tough. And when you're going around and you won't talk to the media, you won't play your game that you do because the media is mean. When you are playing a match, people are going to heckle you also, kid. Didn't know if you know this. And going, trying to go get the mic and trying to say to the crowd, hey, words hurt and stuff like that. You really think that's going to stop them? Like, come on. It's going to make, make, make them make fun of you more. Words can hurt. Only if you let them, kid. Like Sticks and stones, right? Like, we can't have crybabies in the spotlight in our main or as our pro athletes sorry naomi you're a baby and well if you're trying to make the mental health thing seriously you can't be a crybaby then too no because then people are like well you're just mentally weak yeah and like i said we need to get our athletes more mental help but we need to make sure they're mentally strong because they're in a limelight they're in a place where they need to be mentally and physically listen have fit. you heard the things that outfielders get yelled at in the outfield in Fenway. Oh, I love yelling at outfielders. <laughs> like, I give them hell. I look up their entire lives. I know their parents' name, their wife's name, and I'll heckle them about all of that. But like they don't they don't throw a temper tantrum and stop a, when no. stop the, the game of the match. It's crazy. No. No, they don't. It's crazy. All right. Number seven. This is one that people I think have known for a while. I don't know if the general public knew quite as much until the last year and a half. Aaron Rodgers at number seven. Number seven, one of the biggest active prima donnas. I don't even know how much I really have to talk about this. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Constantly bitching. Constantly it's somebody else's fault. I think it's even funnier now that he took the most money he could possibly get and made sure that he would get that because you know he's now going to cry about how he doesn't have the weapons or the defense or this or that. And it's like, well, you took $50 million. Um, The COVID thing. Though I even agreed with him a lot of it, I would never cry about the media coming after me if I'm going to stick my neck about out there at something that I know will be controversial. So you're be a crybaby on that, even though I agreed with your point of view. He can't take criticism all that well. I mean, there's multiple stories of him ghosting teammates and stuff like that, refusing to talk to a media outlet as soon as they ever say anything critical about him. He is a huge prima donna in sports. He's also a my way or the highway type of guy. Oh, 100% he is. All right. All right. Number six. I'm not, I'm not going to say the name to the end. See if you can guess it. Oh, okay. All right. So this man, this man is, oh, to be honest, you can make a case where he's number one. Uh, but this man, this man has been, you know, blackballed from several different teams. Uh, kind of controversial everywhere he goes from throwing couches out windows, almost hitting people, to storm, to throwing off your uniform and just jogging off the field mid-game to maybe doing a federal crime and faking your COVID uh, vaccine. vaccination. If you haven't guessed, it's A.B., Antonio Brown. He was obviously going to be on this list. I mean, he almost didn't he, make He the almost list. didn't make the list because you could make the scumbag argument. Yes. But he's done plenty of things that were just dramatic and prima donna yes. that we felt he deserved to be on the list still. And, like, you're going to walk off the field like that, the peace sign going, like... You gotta be. You gotta be mentioned in this list. Come on, A.V. That's one of the greatest temper tantrums all time in sports. 100%. All right. Next one. Number five. Biggest prima donna active players in sports. LeBron James. Another obvious one. Another super obvious one. Come on. Another one who can't take any media criticism. 
one of the biggest hypocrites, obviously, whether it become his social and political opinions or anything, massive hypocrite, will go after people on Twitter all the time without doing his due diligence of research and then get mad when other people come after him. Also on this one, the Lakers team, he wanted this Lakers roster and now seems to be mad about it, crying and bitching and wanted Russell Westbrook out of here. But finally, finally somebody, I listen, we have to put the cap on NBA players, (laughs) but finally someone stood up to LeBron and said, no, you wanted it this way. So we're going to keep it this way. But absolutely. One of the biggest prima donnas had to make it an entire media spectacle and keep his hometown Cavaliers waiting on if he was going to leave Cleveland or not, and then make it a televised event for him to just say in an interview into a microphone where he was going. <laughs> and then that's not even to bring up the whole chalk thing he'd do to the crowd before the game as well. One of the biggest prima donnas in sports. Hmm. I think we all know it. All right. From LeBron to one of his teammates. Yes. And this one will be near and dear to Celtics fans' hearts. Kyrie Irving. Of course he was going to be on this list. Mm-hmm. You know, and this has very little to do with actually his vaccination status and stuff like that. <coughs> that drama going on. Mostly just who he is as a person. Yes. Uh, you know, he was on Cleveland, whined his way off of Cleveland, went to the Boston Celtics, promised Celtics fans, I'm going to be here for a long time. I want to be here. I want to play for you. I want to be a Celtic. And then that caused so much drama that season and walked in the offseason. And then when he comes back, he comes and steps on the center logo on the court like we're in middle school. What kind of child are you? Like, you are a grown adult and you are doing crap like that, thinking it's going to affect anyone or anything other than your own pathetic reputation. So congrats, Kyrie Irving. You're in the top five. Uh, There was also the whole annoying teammates with, you know, burning sage all the time in the rocker room and burning it in their face. Oh, I didn't actually know about that. Oh, you didn't know about I that? Know about oh, that. you didn't know about that story? He would do this in Boston. If like guys had a bad shooting night or something like that, he'd like sprinkle sage oh, on them or burn shade right by them. Be like, I mean, he was a we gotta, we, we gotta get the demons out of here. Or yeah. the, the bad mojo or whatever the hell he believes in. He's a, he was a flat earther. I'm not surprised he believes in that crap. <laughs> no, he was a weird, a weird individual. All right. Number three, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, definitely, definitely in the top five. If you want to say thin-skinned prima donna, he's number one, probably. Man had a burner account on Twitter. You're an NBA player (laughs) with multiple awards, championships, worth so much money, and you feel the need to have a burner account on Twitter to answer haters? Come on, dude. Another one who can't take any criticism at all. Left the success in Golden State One of the easiest to get along, probably the easiest to get along superstar in basketball, in Steph Curry, because I didn't feel like I was getting enough credit. I wanted it to be my team. So I have to go over to Brooklyn. And look how that worked out. So one of the biggest prima donnas in sports, one of the biggest thin-skinned ones, one of the biggest victim mentalities. Said some horrible things in a private message, by the way. To uh, Was it Michael Rappaport, too? Just because Rappaport, you know, said something critical of him as well. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That was that was bad. That was yeah, rough. I've got it with that. Which, again, it wouldn't be as big of a deal, but it's like you can't take criticism, so then you're going to be that ruthless to other people, though. Like, just completely out of line, too, by Kevin Durant. Massive prima donna. The, the stories about having to walk on eggshells in Golden State are legendary about, like, 
what Kerr would have to do. Steph Curry flew out to go see Kevin Durant just to try and like soothe his ego and try to make sure he wouldn't leave Golden State. And oh my gosh, great stories out of there for that from Kevin Durant. Uh, this is also a man that left his contending team to go to the team that was beating them all the time. Yes, which in hindsight, let's be honest, I get why you don't want to play with Russell Westbrook. Yes, but you know, I do going be- going to the team that keeps making keeps beating you. That's a bitch move. I get that. All right. All right. Number two. We're going to go back to tennis. It's got to be Serena Williams, right? Oh, absolutely. Got to be. Serena. No one. And I mean no one. I watched like a huge compilation today. Uh, No one likes to insult the refs. And throw temper tantrums. More than this woman. I just constant compilation. Just walking up. You're a loser. You're dumb. Like what? He's a judge. He's making, he's doing, playing by the rules. He's like, oh, you hate me. She'd be crying to these people. Like, why? What do you mean, why? Don't do the thing. Play I'm, the game. Because I'm judging the game. Yeah. And like, uh, and this is, this is one of, I mean, one time, this was the best tennis player on earth. Like, humble yourself. You are already the best. Why do you have to complain about every small thing that goes against you? Let's go, Venus. Also, I mean, the the most legendary meltdown, I think, which lost her a match, potentially. Oh, she stormed off the, the, the match before also. Yes, she did. <clears throat> but that one that we all know of the best was also one of the best ones because she then tried to play the gender card, I think, was first with the ref. But then that ref had had a history of doing the same thing to, I don't know if it was Federer, but it was somebody else that he had been hard on for throwing a temper tantrum during the match and insulting him and stuff. So then, Federer. So then that didn't land. I know, I don't think it was Federer. I forget who it was. So then that didn't land. So then immediately she then had to switch it up and go to the race card as well after that. And it's just like, you are just looking for something to validate your childish response to what happened and trying to take any of the blame off yourself and your lack of emotional control. Uh, sm- yeah, one of the biggest prima donnas. <laughs> and you know what? Serena would have been number one if it hadn't been for the off-season that this individual just had. As I said, Serena would have been number one, but the off-season of Ben Simmons has shown us all that Ben Simmons, to me at least, is the number one biggest prima donna of active players in professional sports. Uh, you were unsuccessful. Uh, you can't shoot. You were terrible in the playoffs. And then, despite the fact that Philly went hand... like handed him everything for so long and tried to make it work. As soon as he got some criticism, as soon as they didn't want to pander him to completely and move Joel Embiid out of there like Ben had wanted to the last two years, he decided to just refuse to play for them anymore just because he got a little bit of criticism from the coach. Made it a whole long, drawn-out thing. So he was never going to play for them again. I think he quoted mental health things too, but then he still was like, oh no, I will, I'll never wear this uniform again just because you're criticizing me for my own failures. Finally, someone came out and said like, Ben, we've been talking about this for like three years that you're not a good shooter and yet you don't really work on it. <laughs> Blasphemy that you would ever say that to him. I'll never wear this uniform again. And proceeded to try and get his way traded when they didn't trade him in the offseason. Went through a vast part of this season, still refusing to play for Philly, and then finally got traded, where he then has, you know, had the back injury thing and didn't want to play there too. So Ben Simmons, number one in my opinion, the biggest prima donna 
in professional sports today. Congratulations to Ben Simmons. Just the back injuries from lifting up his massive inflated ego. Uh, yeah, the number one overall pick who everyone always talked about how you were like a phenom. Oh my gosh, there hasn't been a, there hasn't been a point guard of this size since Magic Johnson. Jason Tatum is better. Oh, Jason Tatum is way better. Uh, All right. Wait, wait we, we, we have an honorable mention. Oh, yes. That we, we want, that we want to mention. Honorable mentions for the list. You know, you know like I said, we had a couple people. We had a lot of names we actually talked about. But some, some were really close. They didn't make it for a plethora of reasons. You know, Sidney Crosby, he's not really a bitch anymore. He's cleaned it up. Yes. Jalen Ramsey, kind of the same situation. He's cleaned it up a little bit, matured. Travis Kelsey, just not quite as dramatic as the yeah, other one. Just not, just not quite there. Not quite there. And yeah. then James Harden, too many basketball. We had too many basketball <laughs> players. We had to put a hard cap on the number of NBA players who could be on this list. Too many basketball. Too many. Too many. It's, it's the culture of the game. It there really is one is. more honorable mention, though. Yes. Oh, oh yes. One more honorable mention. And this, you know, this regular segment that we do is also what brought up the fact for this top 10 most dramatic divas in sports. Yeah. Prima Donnas. The Tommy Report. <laughs> Tom Brady. I'm retired. I'm not retired. I want to play here. I want to play there. Now he's back to Tampa. What sounds like is he back to Tampa because in retiring, he tried to force Tampa's hand because he didn't want to play there anymore and maybe he wanted to play in San Francisco. All right, Ben. Now this talks about he wants to play in Miami, potentially. Now, I don't believe that this would ever happen this year, especially since Tom is still recruiting people to play in Tampa. But I think I think he wanted to play in. It wouldn't shock me if he wants to play in Miami. I think San Francisco is still the first choice, but his wife did want to go to Miami before because bigger market, international city, fashion city as well. So, yeah, he wanted to go to Miami. But now the talk is he could go to the Dolphins next year. So, Tommy just continues to stay in the news about something. How much do you believe that, though? Mm. I believe it. Do you believe that the retirement thing was to try to force Tampa's hand? Yes. I, I 100% believe that, There's too. No doubt. Yeah, thank you. If you look at, I mean, the fact that he came back after, like, a month and a half, how Tampa is reacting to it and what they were saying. They're like, oh, if he's going to play, he's going to play for us. Like, they knew exactly what well, Tommy was doing. Yeah. That's why and Bruce Aarons came out. play any of that. That's why Bruce Aarons came out. Oh, five first round picks. Yeah. If you want Tom Brady, five first round picks. Which, like, completely squashed that. Which is genius by the box. Genius. Yes. Absolutely. So, Tommy, you weren't on the list, but you're getting there. You, you're, you're, you are getting there, brother. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's becoming like his wife a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, he's becoming like the model, you know? <laughs> I right. mean, he's he's a handsome man. He is a handsome individual. All right. All right. Let's wrap this up. All right. Darwin Award. Let's go. Drum roll, please. Jesse Caulfield, take it away. Let's go. Drum roll. And the Darwin Award this week is the Vegas Golden Knights. Because as a team, I, you know, when I was talking about all that hockey stuff, I didn't mention the Vegas Golden Knights even because... In their trade deadline, they are very up against the cap. Needed to make moves. So they tried to dealt one of their players, Evgeny Dadanoff, to make some cap space. They tried to trade him to the Ducks. And the, tra- the trade win- almost went through. Until they realized, the NHA realized that, oh, wait, Dadanoff had a no-trade clause, and the Anaheim Ducks were on the list. And <laughs> Vegas tried to play dumb. So then we had a couple days of, is this trade going to go through or not? And the NHL said, absolutely not. 
You're stuck with Dadunov. You are stuck with this player you try to get rid of. And now, where does Vegas sit? Vegas sits $400,000 away from the cap. Now, obviously, they still have a team on the ice, but they have so many injuries, and if they want to bring some of those players back from the injuries, they got to move cap, and they can't. If you want to get your top-line defenseman, Alec Martinez, back, you got to find a way to clear $5 million in cap. I don't know how you're going to do that. If you want to get your star forward and your captain, Mark Stone, back on the ice, you need to clear $10 million of cap. Good luck with that. And what makes it even better is now if we make the playoffs, the, the Lightning won last year way above the cap because there's no cap in the playoffs. So if you make it to the playoffs, well, they can just play. Who cares? We'll be $15 million over the cap, whatever. You are in the final playoff spot in the West with Dallas is one point behind you with four games in hand. You have played the most games in the NHL, and yet you are tripping over yourselves. You're screwed. Congratulations. That is one of the best trade deadline things since I forget who it was. I think it might have been the Browns. I had a trade in place once for, I can't remember who it was, a quarterback or something. But they just didn't fax the paperwork into the league office in time. Despite the oh. fact they had everything set for at least 24 hours, nobody faxed the paperwork over in time. There was a draft pick that went like that sometime. Yes, I think it did as well. Yeah, they went over the time. And then the rule is, like, if you go over the time, the next team can start picking. You're still, you still can pick. You still can put your pick in, but the next team can start picking. I don't remember what this team was. Yeah, they they didn't put it in in time. And then the other team quickly put in their pick. Which is the player they wanted. Yes. <clears throat> but this is this is one of the better trade deadline blunders I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, since since uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was the Browns. That sounds who, like the Browns. Who didn't get the paperwork into the league office in time. <laughs> that is great. Vegas Golden Knights, this week's Darwin Award winner for trade line blunders. All right. That has been it for this week's edition. Guys, if you're listening, fan of the show out there, go at Slow Your Roll on Instagram, Slow Your Roll on Twitter as well, and slowyourroll.com for Jesse's articles, you know, plays, links, stuff that happened in sports, and links to all the old episodes as well. We will be back next week for an entire MLB regular season preview edition before the season starts. That's where it's on top for us. Have a great rest of your week, ladies and gentlemen.